0: Hello everyone and welcome to our Threshold podcast. We are so happy that you have taken time to join us today and we pray that you will be absolutely encouraged by the plethora of messages and encouraging words that we share here in our church. Threshold is a family of believers based in East Riding of Yorkshire in the wonderful city of Hull and our head pastors are our pastor Deborah and Philip Bander. Be blessed. Every time, every moment on earth is labeled by God. There is no time on earth that is useless. So God did not create any specific period of time and said this will be useless. It's for nothing. Every time on earth is labeled, it's got a purpose. And and, and and my second point therefore begins to be it is our duty to discover what the time we are living in is about. Okay? And and that, that I will speak again and again and again until this year is over. It's our duty to know the season in which we are living. In Matthew 16, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees when they came to him and they said to him give us a sign to prove that you are from God give us a sign and Jesus said you are a wicked generation because you can look up to the sky and you can see the clouds and you can predict that it's going to rain and it rains you can look up to the clouds see what's in the sky and predict that there's going to be sunshine and there will be sunshine He said to them, you know how to look at the elements of weather and predict weather on the face of the earth. How come you don't know the times and the seasons that are set by God? That was a challenging answer. But it seems God wants us to understand, to put the same effort we put on understanding the weather patterns, to put the same effort, if not more, on understanding the spiritual patterns, Amen. the spiritual climate. It took me a while to begin to appreciate that spiritually there is a climate and there is also weather spiritually. Yeah. But as human beings we have developed a lot of instruments to tell our weather, whether we should take an umbrella or not, or whether we should put on a coat or not, or you know, whether we should put on a t-shirt or not, and, and, and all that, and, but spiritually, most of us do not understand that the times also have labels, they have certain purposes which they must serve, Amen. And so I began and I took you through the pro- reading one of the prophets in Habakkuk chapter 2 who said, prophesying about these times that we are living in, one of the labels upon this time is that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. It is a label not on 3,000 years ago it is a label on this time hello this time has got labels you see there were times in the days of Noah and it had a label on it and in the days of Noah depending on how you responded you either died or you survived you lived with Noah The days of Lot, it's the same thing. Yeah? This is our time. And in our time, there's some things God has said about this time. And one of the things he has said is that the knowledge of his glory will cover the earth. And I have explained that. The knowledge, the experience of his glory. This time we're living in, God wants people to experience His glory. The word glory means His goodness, unspoken power, we said. The word glory means His, 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 his express presence, His weight. God has looked at our time and labeled it a time for people to experience the goodness of God. Now that's not what they're telling you at CNN. It's not what they're telling you on Sky News. But that's the truth. For some of you, that's not what the circumstances you're going through are telling you. Your circumstances are telling you you are in trouble. Telling you, you, or you're going to be good for nothing. Oh, it's never going to work for you. Your circumstances are, are actually telling you to worry. But whose report will you believe? Are you going to believe what God has said? Or are you going to believe what CNN is saying? Or what your circumstances are saying? I choose to wake up on the right side of my bed and believe that what God said. Hello? I just choose to wake up on that side and decide, hey, I am going to believe the report of the Lord. This time, I was born in a time when people are supposed to experience the goodness of God. Amen. You know, some people say, oh, but this same God, you know, during the days of the children of Israel, you remember how people died? Yeah, you were not born that time. You were born in this season. The one God wants you to freely experience his goodness. Amen. A season of grace. Hallelujah. And what's very interesting about the time we were born, you and me, is that the angels looked forward to it. Jesus died for us to have this time. I know, I know grace is for free, but it's not really for free. Jesus paid for it. Yes, sir. So we are living in such a time. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it's up to us to learn how to work with the season we are living with so that we may attend to that which God wants us to attend to. And often when I say this, I use the example of what? Of a subsistence farmer in the, in the villages somewhere who depends on rain. And, 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 and if it rains and you don't, you don't plant, you're not working with the season. You might not be hungry immediately, but guaranteed you're going to get hungry very soon. If you don't cooperate with the season, you will soon run out of food. It's a reality. Spiritually, it is real. As I'm announcing this season, I've announced for three Sundays now, I keep talking about it, I keep talking about it. The idea is that God wants us to begin to align our thoughts with what He's doing. If we don't cooperate with the season... It's fine, we might not feel the impact of it right now. But you know, seasons have a way of affecting your future. That's, true. That's what seasons do. It's not really about the present when it comes to a season. It has a way of affecting what's going to happen when it really matters in 10 years' time, in 20 years' time. In, you know, should the Lord tarry? That's why it's important when the season, when you're beginning to understand the season to begin to align your thoughts, to begin to do your best to to ask yourself questions like, what shall I do then? How shall I live then? What sort of things shall I pursue then? Hello. That's what seasons do. Mm Mm-hmm. If you plant a seed in the ground and the rain falls and the seed refuses to respond to the season, for a while, all the seeds just look the same. It's raining and all the seeds just look the same, right? Yeah, but come three months later. Then you discover those that were cooperating with the season. It was time to grow roots and they grew their roots I'm saying some things here that are important to some of you right now. For some of you, it's time to just grow the roots. Just just, just calm down and grow your roots and, and learn stuff you need to learn. Uh, you know, it, it, it's important to have a good pace of progress in life, but it's not important to be in a rush. It's, it's, it's not important to do anything in haste. And for some of us, that's what we're going through. A season where we should just be growing our roots. Learning the things God wants us to learn. And, and have some faith in understanding that he who called you is faithful. Amen. He will get this thing done. Mm-hmm. God did not call you so you may get things done. He called you so he may get things done through you. So He will get it done. So stay understand the season, and grow the roots. Amen? Amen. All that, so that I may bring you to Colossians chapter 1. Now, I wish I could read the entire chapter, because it's one of those chapters that will, as they say, bless your socks off. I don't know why they say socks off. I don't know. Chooks, do you know? I have no idea why they say that. But, you know, So I want want to take you to Colossians chapter 1, and uh, I will read only verse 26 and verse uh, 27. But I would encourage you to read the whole thing, but we're going to read verse 26 and 27, Colossians chapter 1. I want to explain a bit further how come we have found ourselves in this season and how this is really working in our lives. As usual, nowadays I like to read the Passion Translation for preaching, uh, and, and so I'm going to use that. Colossians chapter 1, are you there? No pages turned, but you are there. It's a miracle. <laughs> miracle in this house. <laughs> Colossians 1, the Bible says, there is a divine mystery. A secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Somebody say experience. I'm just loving that word. 27. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Mm -hmm. You're used to Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm going to read the King James Version. He says, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generation, but now is made manifest to his saints. He's talking about us. You know, in our ch- when I was growing up in, in Zambia, in, in, in our church, the pastor taught us that when he reads the word saints, we should say, that's me. That's <laughs> so we used to do that. 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to just try and explain that scripture today. Hopefully I can. It's very exciting to read that. After you understand what the glory of God is, it becomes very exciting to be reading something like that. Listen, he begins by telling us that there's a mystery. And actually he says it was a secret that has been held from all the generations in the past. I told you, you are blessed to be born in this time. The only reason God did not reveal this secret to those people is because it wasn't their time. Them, as Hebrews 11 says, without us are not complete. So the only reason this mystery was not revealed to all of them, it was because it wasn't their time. It's like a father who's raising up a son and has some things... Stowed away for his child. You don't have to reveal everything. Hello. <laughs> you, you, you don't have to until the time comes and the person is ready. So let's say you've got a trust fund and you set it that at the age of 18 or 21. They can then access it. They can even know about it, but it is hidden from them. They can never access it until they hit that right time. When they hit the right time, then that mystery is given to them. Are you with me? This is what Paul is saying. There was a mystery hidden for years, for ages, and it's only because it wasn't the right time. It wasn't, it, they, some of them knew about it. Prophets would know about it. But it was never given to them. Mm -hmm. And the mystery he reveals is, is the fact that Christ in us has become the hope of glory. Or the experience of the glory of God. Now as much as they desired it, they couldn't have it. Why couldn't they have it? Romans 3.23, the Bible says, For all have sinned, and they have fallen short of what? Exactly. They have fallen short of of the glory of God. Mark those words. They couldn't have it because God had a problem. The problem He had was that sin had not been dealt with. Let's do some Christian basics, right? The sin that we are talking about here is a sin that sipped into human nature and everybody born in sin. So it's not about what you did, it's like a child born in prison. It's not about what you did, you are in a state of incarceration. And that's what happened. Everybody born in sin because of Adam and Eve's sin. I used to say because of Adam's sin. And then somebody says, no, you should. It's equality nowadays. So mention Adam and Eve's sin. The boss is (laughs) all. Fair enough, right? The Bible doesn't call it Adam and Eve's sin, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> so, anyway, let's go. The Bible says Adam, Adam was not deceived. That's just another story altogether. You know, if you want, you should listen to Tiddy on this. He, he does a sermon. Adam was not deceived, and and it's it's an amazing sermon. And he ends up saying, the first person I want to slap when I get to heaven. Is Adam, because <laughs> he says he sinned and yet he wasn't deceived. Yeah, the message is called Eyes Wide Shut. It's an awesome message. Find it on YouTube. Anyway, for free, I told you that. <laughs> so Adam and Eve's sin brings us into a place where all of creation is now born incarcerated in a state of sin owned by sin are you with me so it's it's not about what people did it really didn't matter no amount of human righteousness could satisfy the state in which we were born if you are born in a prison it doesn't matter how good you are you are born in a prison and that's what the world needs to understand And as a side note, oftentimes be careful when it's time to lay foundations. Because that's how the enemy likes to do it. If he can make you produce something that he owns, then he's okay with it. So Adam and Eve did not understand what the enemy was trying to do. What the devil was trying to do was to own the rest of the human race by just deceiving them. So he tried and he got Eve deceived and Eve brought Adam into her sin. And because of their disobedience, he was happy because it was not even just about them. Because, you know, them, God clothed them. You know, God actually took care of them and they lived such long lives, Adam and Eve. Yes, they were kicked out of Eden, and, but God really took care of them. He gave them another, another child. He, gave, he, he took care, but it wasn't about, just about them. He was affecting the rest of the generations. So when you're laying foundations, take care. Hello? And by take care, I just mean just, 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 just make sure you're laying them prayerfully. Uh, not living in fear. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Just, just make sure you're prayerful in your laying of foundations. Make sure you, you, you're considering the things God has said and you're putting them in the foundations. Make sure you, it's, it's, it's an act of obedience to what you're hearing God saying as you lay foundations. Because he likes to jeopardize your future by Tampering with your foundations. <clears throat> he, he knows he might not get you. You're so saved right now. But if he can mess about with your foundation laying, he can wreck some stuff in the future. Time to pray. Milestones are very important. Did you hear me? As you make milestones, and, 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 you know, the, why do people talk about teenage rebellion? Whose idea do you think teenage rebellion is? God? Why? That's um, you know when teenagers hit a certain stage and they are about to crack into this milestone of now learning who they are and becoming an adult, the enemy comes in and wants to wreck that foundation. Watch the milestones in your life. When you're about to get married, watch those things. It's time to pray. And and, you know if you've noticed, if you've worked with people for a long time. Like I have for a while, you notice that in the milestones, that's when people are tempted to go off on their own and make decisions by themselves. And the enemy does it time and time and time again. It's happened to you, it's happened to me. It's happened, time and, you know, when, when somebody's hitting a big milestone, that's when they are tempted to go off and, and, and own themselves and, you know, and make the. He's going to play. In the milestones, it's not time for isolation. It is time for accountability. It's time when you increase the accountability. Why? Because the foundations are important. If you started to build your own house, as some of you might do, (laughs) you cannot have a corrupt building contractor to do your foundation. (laughs) Amen. And, you know, and, and 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 if you do your breeding project you find that you know you have the urge to go check out what's happening especially at the beginning mm-hmm. you really just check out what they're sinking in the foundation mm-hmm. wow. cuz it's key it's important so as you go through different milestones and we all are we all do you know just just take now. you know when you're hitting those bends you need lots of traction mm-hmm. i'm using driving speak here but you need lots of traction. Get, 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 get a hold of good traction. Get some good scriptures going. Get some good praying going. Get some good people around you as well. And and, and you know, and say, guys, we are hitting a milestone. Can you pray with us? Can you pray with us? And and pray through the bend with some good traction. Hallelujah. Then when you hit the home stretch, you're okay. You laid strong foundations. Life belongs to those who lay good foundations. Every time. Mm-hmm. We take our time. Learn the stuff. See, so the number of times you've, you've you sometimes you, you as, as, as a pastor, you, you, you get to see the side, the full cycle. You know, somebody tells you they want to get married, you say, okay, let's deal with this, let's, let's sit down, let's talk to you, let's. Let's, you know, let's pray, let's, let's seek God together. Let's, uh, how long should we do this for? Oh, let's, let's do it for maybe three months. For, let's, let's do something. And they think, nah. You know, I remember there's somebody that did that to me. Not in this church. Not in this church. <laughs> People that get married here and finished their courses. <laughs> there's somebody that did that to me. Sat down, first session, second session, very, very challenging. They said, nah, no, it's okay after. We've got it. We've got it. You know? And 10 years later, they still want to sit down. Now it's not me chasing them. It's them wanting to sit down. After 10 years of marriage, now they realize there's some things we should have done. It's important. Hello? That's just a side note. But that's what the enemy did. He got in at the beginning. He made sure he participated in the book of Genesis. And then he affects everybody, born in sin. So because people are born in a state of sin, God's glory could not rest upon them. So God was looking forward to a day where we can carry his glory, his very presence on the face of the earth. And we as human beings, no matter how much we tried, we could not carry the glory of God. So we also were groaning, as Romans chapter 8 says, crying for this glory to be revealed in us. So God is looking forward to it. We are looking forward to it. Now you see why that verse is exciting. When he says, this mystery which has been hidden for generations has now been revealed to us. Mm. That now, because of Christ. Why Christ? This is the other point. Christ begins to be key because, by the way, it uses the word Christ, not Jesus. It's very important. The word Christ means the Messiah, or means the anointed one, and his anointing. Literally, it means the one upon whom the Holy Spirit is. Okay? So, Christ. So, he says, what, this Messiah, why he becomes the hope of glory in us, is because through him, God dealt with sin. Now, I did mention it in passing a few weeks ago when I said there's a difference between forgiveness and remission. Yes. What God has done for us through Christ, and these are basics, that, but we should understand that they are foundations, they are fundamental. If you don't get this as a Christian, you, the enemy will keep tricking you. Understand it. What God has done regarding the state of sin in which we were born, Is not forgiveness if you are born in prison and I come and I say I forgive you what does that change you're still in prison because it's not talking about sin in terms of what people have done it's talking about sin in terms of the state in which they are born it's a condition in which we are birthed into the earth so the only way to deal with it is it's not going to be forgiveness. Somebody has to change that condition. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. What Jesus has done for us is change it. Mm-hmm. You know, so Christians should not be going about saying, oh, We are all sinners anyway. That's theologically just just wrong, spiritually wrong, that understanding, a lack of understanding of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's as tantamount as my son going about in my house saying, ah, you know, I I don't belong here, I'm not a barber anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you want to stay alive? Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you get it. You, you, you that's 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 what you're trying to say. Well, but are we are. We, are, we, are, we, are we, oh, uh, some of us don't say it. We've been saved enough, but we carry a mentality of sinners. You know, we just carry that mentality of sinners. So. Therefore, it affects everything we do. We can't boldly approach God. We can't boldly believe God. Because we carry a mentality of we need to appease God. You know? You watch this Nigerian movie <laughs> <laughs> Nollywood. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm not gonna say. That. <laughs> I I saw the way you looked at me. This wrong here. <laughs> 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 do you know when? Do you know when they show how they go to appease the, the spirits and and. and Unfortunately, as lovely as these movies might be, sometimes they will perpetuate that mentality among Christians. That they also carry the same mentality when it comes to God. It is spiritism. And it's really just destroying your life in that sense. God is not about being appeased. Jesus paid the price. There's nothing you can do to appease God. Mm-hmm. God? Hmm? Right. Hello? Nah. So, so, not sin mentality. Understand this, this way. What Jesus has done is remove the state of sin, the condition of sin. Like, deal with it. How did he deal with it? He inherited it. Uh-huh. In his body. This is the Apostles' Creed. I'm teaching it. I believe in God the Father and I believe in Christ the Son. right In his body. The Bible says he, he took the sin of you. That's why I wanted to read the whole chapter of Colossians here. Bodily. In his body. What means is he inherited it. The state of sin. And yet he was without sin. This is why this is a mystery. So, this almighty God came and entered your prison and lived like you In the and allowed himself to face capital punishment for you. In him, you and I paid. We got punished. When he hung on the cross, you hung on the cross. And that's the only way you could change this thing. Somebody had to die. So new life can happen. But it had to be somebody who can rise again. So when Jesus died, that prison is closed. You get it? Because it's punishment. It's like if a person is sentenced to life to, to death. And, and, and when they die, that's it, the sentence is gone, right? They have satisfied the sentence. Yeah. You, you can there's nothing else you can do. You cannot incarcerate them anymore. They have satisfied the sentence. It's done. And it's exactly what has happened. Right, fundamental principle. But you get it. You get it. Before you begin to say, oh, "I have faith for a house," I have faith. People have spoiled the name of faith. It, the first thing is, if you can have faith that you are a child of God, and that thing grows every year. Every it grows. You know the understanding of I'm a child of God. Do you understand how invincible you will be? Do you understand how nothing can take you? If you faith if that you are a child of God, you are not a sinner anymore. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Huh? If you can just understand that I grow in that understanding. As simple as it sounds. But that's the one that we need to grow in. Rather than these things we're calling spiritual growth. This, if we grow in this understanding of who we are, what he has done on the cross, my God, you see how exciting that scripture is? Yes. Christ. Now, this same Christ deals with sin, overcomes it, and now the Bible says, He is in you. Because it says, If you believe in me, my words abide in you, I and my Father will come and eh, reside with you. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You open. You hear the voice and you open. I will come in and sup with you. Eat with you. Now you see why he is the hope of glory. Let me finish by explaining that. Hope of glory. Glory. Not hope of faith. Because it's misread hope of glory hallelujah they're going to shine it's not hope of fame mm. it's hope of glory it's bigger than faith mm-hmm. if you put it down to fame you you're literally listening this thing mm-hmm. you know? you're changing yourself it's not about being known it's not it's not the hope of having money mm. it's bigger than that yes No, some of us are biggest problem is money. Money. <laughs> now, listen, this one is a bigger problem. If you understand, it, hope of glory, hope of experiencing the life of God. Now, I don't care whether I've got some money or not, but if I have a hope that I can experience the life of God, The hope of experiencing the life of God. So we wake up as people with hope because we have Christ in us. And that just changes the whole story. The Apostle Peter puts it this way. We were not a people and we were hopeless. We had no hope. But Christ has made us a people. We have become something in the presence of God. But even in this world, So listen, it answers the question, God was hoping for his glory to be shown on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. We were hoping to experience his glory in Christ. Both those desires are met. Christ in you, the hope of glory, means God's hope is fulfilled. It also means Your hope is fulfilled. If you read Romans 8, it also means creation's hope is fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Because all creation has been groaning and longing for the revelation of the sons of glory. Hello. That's why that scripture finishes by saying, And God wants everyone to know this. God wants everyone to know this. What I just preached to you, this, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. And he says, he wants everyone to know this. Mm. I don't know what you think about it. When he says, he wants everyone to know this. I know it means tell them. But I know God, it means more than that. He means, He wants to show everyone this. Habakkuk chapter 2, 14. Remember that one? The knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth. He wants everyone to know this. When they see, they're going to see the glory of God. I told you the glory is unspoken power. So are going to see the glory of God. And trust me, believers, I'm finished. Trust me, all it takes is for you to know this stuff and believe it. It's not to know how to preach. It's not to know how to testify. It's, it's, it, 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 it takes you to know who you are. Because if you know, that you know that you know who you are then that's all it's done the job is done yeah when you know who you are the job is done because anywhere God sends you you are who you are yeah. our problem is that we don't know who we are really so when we don't know who you are Scared of so many things. God finds you a job, and you're scared you might get fired. Interesting, right? You didn't even. Some of you, you're, you're, you're too lost in this. You didn't even see the contradiction in what I said. God finds you a job, and you're scared you're going to get fired. Did God find you the job? <laughs> It's happened so many times. If you're Christians, you pray. You pray. Hey, he has opened my door. <laughs> they go to work. They're so scared in that workplace. Terrified. Somebody might do something. Oh. What about the one who opened your door? Does he just open and then go? No. <laughs> <laughs> know who you are! When he has opened it, he has opened it. It's up to you to be resilient. And understand, I know who I am. You know, take a synergy on you. I'm just in Nigeria today. <laughs> Put a synergy on you, I know who I am. Eh? And stay there. Yes. Know who you are. Let this world see that you are a child of God. Amen. And some of it has to do with just how resilient you are. If boxers can enter into a ring with a guy they have never fought before and stay in there, you know, everybody's watching you. You can't run just because you know you can stand ground. And it's, you know, boxing is like, it's, it's, if, if any of my children came to me and said, Dad, I've picked up sports, and what is it, boxing? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, something's ah. <laughs> <laughs> sport. It's tough, right? Getting in a ring and, and, and you, you know, I know you can stop, but but you know, why would you? <laughs> but it, it's something, it, it, it is something. It's like if if, if, if you know, I can't put my hands down, you're going to hit me. I know your intentions are to hit me. <laughs> it's not serious. You know, it doesn't matter what happens. I can't even talk to you. Your intentions are to hit me. <laughs> it's either I hit you or you hit me. How about children of God? Knowing who you are, when you stand in a situation and just refuse. You, you're going to be ready to be mad sometimes, to look mad sometimes, to be mislabeled sometimes. But just know, I know who I am. In the words of Mary Mary, nobody told me the road would be easy. Ah, it tells my age. But I don't believe, it's Mary Mary. I don't believe he's brought me this far, so leave me. You're not doing me, very very Ah, Who asked for the original again?
1: <laughs> 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 Mary Mary are singers. It's the
0: singers, okay? So, so, oh, the original, the one. Carabo is talking about. Nobody knows who it is. <laughs> 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 this, this will not stop, I <laughs> know. So, so, but in those words, nobody told me the road would be easy, and I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me. So stay. Hope of glory. Whatever situation you're facing right now, hope of glory. There is hope. People can say there is no hope, but it says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Yes. So, whatever you're facing, I ask the question is Christ in you? Yes. There is hope of glory. There is hope of God's life manifesting, God's solution coming through. There is always hope for you as long as you in Christ. Amen? Amen? Uh-huh. Yes. So, I hope you're encouraged today. Yes. Stand your ground. Don't be moved anyhow. Let's stand up. Praise God. Don't be moved anyhow. A eh? couple of students in here. Grades should not move you. Amen. Says, because you get a bad grade, you think you think you're nothing. It's a grade. Let's put things in perspective. It's a grade. Some lecturer sat down and gave you the grade. <laughs> you know, you can, you can better that grade. You can go again and get it better. You know, it's, it's a grade. Let's put things in perspective. It's not your entire life. You know? You fail an exam, it's not the end of your life. You can go again. Right? It's an exam. They didn't ask you everything you know. It was two hours. <laughs> Surely, you just feel something that happened in two hours. Put things in perspective. Christ in you. There's always hope of glory. Trust me. Don't get discouraged. Don't get bit to the point of, oh, you know, don't. You know, dust yourself up. Cry, but dust yourself up. You know, wipe your tear away and say, come on, we're going to go again. Yeah. Why? Because you are not of them that shrink back. Yeah. That's not your seed. You are not, you, you are not born of that. It's a, it's a truth. Yeah. Don't, if you settle like that, you've been lied to. That's all. It's deception. Yeah. Because that's the only way to change the truth. The only way to change the truth is to deceive you. And, and you know, I've, I've said it. I've said it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. The devil is, is the master illusionist. If you see on Britain's Got Talent, you've seen those illusionists. The devil is good at illusions. He throws them out like that. If the guy playing a card trick can fool you, the devil is better than that. And he's fooled many of us to thinking, this is me, and yet it's not you. You are looking at an illusion. The truth about you is you are born of God. You are not bound by sin anymore. You're looking at an illusion if you don't believe that. You're looking at an illusion. And the enemy keeps saying, I know what you did yesterday. I know what. Hey! The truth about me is I'm a child of God. That's the truth. That's the truth about you. You are a child of God. God loves you. That's the truth about you. That is the truth. The rest are lies and illusions. The truth is God loves you. God values you. That's the truth. So be bold. Step into life. Be who you are. I don't know how bold Moses was, but I think he was a bold man to step into the Red Sea when it's overrunning, in the season of overflow, and he steps in it. You know, he wasn't stood far away and waving a stick over it. He stepped into it. I don't know how bold Joshua was, but God told him about three times, be courageous, be very brave, be courageous, be courageous, and the very next day, he goes and he is about to cross the Jordan in the season of his overflow. Brave. You have to know who you are. I think about the priests when I read that, and they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. And <laughs> I, I just think about them like, what was going on? It's overflowing. And Joshua keeps saying, Go. Because God had said, Until they step in the water, this thing is not stopping. Go! I, I, I just think about it. They're stepping in there, filling the currents. But that's what it takes. You're going to have to say, I know who I am. If it means close your eyes, close your eyes and step in. I know who I am. If we die, we're going to die believing that we know who we are. And there's no shame in it. I shared with you the story of Pastor Derek's wife last week that she went to be with the Lord. The woman died believing. God, I know who I am. The doctor says you can't fly. She says, I'm not missing my daughter's wedding. (laughs) And she didn't miss it. It's, It's okay to die believing, people. It's not the end of life unless you don't believe these things. (laughs) But if you really believe that there is more to come, then it's okay whether we go in the ground believing. It's still okay. Like, I I know who I am. If we die here, we die here. But I know I'm not changing this. Like Daniel and his friends. We're not changing it. We know who we are. With or without money, we still know who we are. Money does not prove that you're a child of God. And, and and in the, in this our Western world, most of us shake when we are just told our hope for money is lost. We shake when we are told they are cutting that. They are cutting that. Listen, you are bigger than that. Mm-hmm. You are bigger than that. Oh wow. We're going to have some communion. Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We thank you. Christ in us is the hope of God. That we have hope to see the glory of God manifest in our eyes. That every day we wake up, we wake up, oh God, faced with this hope. And because of this hope, our joy, our strength is renewed every day. Because of this hope, oh God, we will not live like those without hope. But like David did, we encourage ourselves in you. We gird ourselves up. And we go again. I pray for anyone here right now. Okay? Right now, anybody that is facing any challenge that is really challenging your hope. Your hope is bigger than the challenge. So I pray in the name of Jesus. May the Lord open your eyes. That you may see the hope to which you are called. May the Lord show you that even in this moment. You can bring the glory of God in that situation. By your stance. By your faith. You will bring the glory of God in that situation. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that may you stretch your hand over us. More than that, we ask that may the presence of God that we know is within us manifest. We ask that God, may the glory of God be expressed through us to affect the situations around us, to affect the circumstances around us. May the glory of God manifest And let your children be seen for who they really are. We give glory and honor. We pray for family situations that are tense. That God may you move mightily. Let the glory of God be seen. Let they that call upon the name of the Lord be revealed victorious a few of you here have family situations that are really tense some of you I know about because I've been taught as your pastor but some of you I know about because I've been taught now by the Holy Spirit I want you to just believe God if you came here losing hope don't lose hope Go back home with renewed hope. Stand in the face of adversity and understand that. The glory of God will be revealed. I give you a new declaration today. Just that. The glory of God will be revealed. In the face of that biggest bill you have, the glory of God will be revealed. In the face of that deficit that you have, the glory of God will be revealed. That's your declaration. The glory of Of God will be revealed as you enter your home that's your declaration as you go in your car that's your declaration for this for this time the glory will be revealed the glory will be revealed the glory will be revealed so if you're looking for answers like I don't know what to do here what to do there it's okay take this and put it in your mouth the glory of the Lord will be revealed Stand on that side. Keep declaring the glory of the the glory. And may you come back with a powerful testimony Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Going to Amen. Now I have finished. We're just gonna serve you communion. So I'll invite David to come and do that. We'll serve you communion and then we'll go as we start this new month. Amen. Amen.